we went on a men's retreat about a year ago, and there's nothing quite like a day hike through the woods to bind a group of guys together. We feel like we've been walking with you, Red Cedar, for nine years on this adventure. And God has bound us together. You're near to our hearts. You always will be. We've gotten close. But it's time for us to take separate paths. And though we can see a little bit of the trail uh, in front of us in Minnesota, and though you can see a little bit of the trail in front of you here at Red Cedar, uh, let's be honest, there's plenty of things that we can't see clearly. There's uncertainty on both paths. But you know what we can see? We can see you right in front of us. And we love you, and this is hard. It's a hard goodbye. Um, but I want to encourage you for just a moment from something that the missionary Paul says uh, in a hard goodbye. Not the one Abe talked about, a different one. Um, he's traveling by boat from Greece to Jerusalem, and he knows that he's going to get arrested in Jerusalem and that there's going to be problems. And so he makes a point to stop at this little place on the southern coast of Turkey in order to visit with leaders from the church in Ephesus that have become close and dear to him for over two and a half years. And so they make a trip down to see him. And he says this, in the midst of an uncertain path, listen here, um, listen to where he looks to find courage. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. My only aim. It's his aim in life that gives him courage. And that's where we can find our courage in our goodbye today. As our paths part, let's have this same aim. As our paths part, let's aim our lives in the same direction. Why should we do that? Three reasons. First, because we have the same finish line. Do you see it there? My only aim is to finish the race. A little later in this passage, Paul calls the finish line his inheritance. And he's talking about heaven. And so our life here has been sweet, uh, but you guys know and we know that this life together has not been an end in itself. We're made for heaven. That's our finish line. And Rick has been talking lately about bus stops about how every place and season in life is like a bus stop on the way to heaven where our finish line is. Rick and Kathy, we have been so thankful to be at this bus stop with you. Uh, two things about this. One, we get to see you looking toward the finish line. And two, we get to have you look into our lives and help us run towards the finish line. And you haven't hesitated to do that. You've let us see the good and hard things in ministry and in life. You've spoken into our marriage. 
Um, you've wrestled through decisions with us. We've celebrated many times God's work in people here at Red Cedar. Um, we've, we've, um, I think really at the core is a chance not so much, Rick, to have you take time to give me a whole bunch of lists about what ministry looks like, but to be able to walk through life with you and see you look to Jesus. That's been just a great gift to me. And so you've loved us well. You've helped me see more clearly that success uh, in this life is not measured by what we see in this life. It's measured by the finish line. And Red Cedar, you share that finish line with, with us right now. That's our goal. And for the rest of your life, if you've given your life to Jesus, we share the same finish line, even as we depart. But what about this path right now? This path today has some hard and uncertain things in it. Well, that leads us to the second reason that aiming our lives in the same direction is a good thing. Here it is. Even though our paths are uncertain to us, they're clear to the Lord Jesus. See how Paul says, finish the race? And then he gets at it another way by saying, complete the task. My only aim is to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. It's one thing to know where someone is going, but it's another thing entirely to be the one who gave them their route, the one who assigned it. Have you ever thought of, have you ever thought of how each phase of our lives is an assignment from God? If you want to know what this looks like to take a phase of life as an assignment from God, look around at the retirees in this room. There are men and women here who have taken up the mantle of care ministry, not just for their aging parents, but for people in this congregation who don't have someone to tend to their literal wounds. Um, there's people walking with mental health struggles, um, coming alongside those people with care and love. There's the group of guys that we like to talk about who do projects, not just at Red Cedar, but in the community. There's people using their professional skills, um, like finances, or like electricians, or, or many other education, lots of different fields. And these retirees have said, my retirement is an assignment from Jesus, and I'm going to run in this race. Um, it's the same for all of us. Each phase of our path, no matter how uncertain, is an assignment from the Lord. And so a question for you this morning, Red Cedar, what do you think Jesus is up to in this next phase of life? As the Naps path and Red Cedar path goes, what assignment does he have for you? What assignment does he have for you here? Our paths are parting, but we really want to hear how God keeps working in you. I agree with Abe that you've been part of a church family for nine years. We're not just going to stop praying for you. We're not going to stop visiting you. We want to talk with you. We want to know what God's doing. We want to see where this next assignment leads you. We're trusting that even though we can't see our paths clearly, Jesus can, and he's working. And so we run for him, which leads to the third reason. The final reason, probably the biggest reason in this passage, even though our trails are changing, the task of running remains the same. Paul says, my only aim in life 
is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Have you heard of a cadence? In running, a cadence is just the rhythm that a runner sets. Um, someone told me once that the cadence is what protects you from getting muscle fatigue and injury. It's a rhythm that as you're running, you maintain that no matter where you are. Well, our paths are going different directions, but our cadence, our aim in our running is the same. It's to testify to the good news of God's grace. That's how we run. And that makes sense because isn't it true that the good news of God's grace is the reality that we live in? Through Jesus becoming human, dying on a cross, being buried, rising again, and now living as our king, as our boss, that's what has shaped our lives. It's not just facts. It's not just religious ideas. This is who we are. And so we spread the good news. Uh, pastors do it in some job-specific ways. As a care pastor, I'm going to be getting to do it in some really unique, hard situations, getting to see Christ's love show up. But you know the main job of me as a pastor will always be the job of any pastor, which is to equip God's people to do that work, to help you know how God wants you to run on the path. So aim to proclaim. I guess that's my core charge to you. Um, it's for introverts and extroverts, rich and poor, single and married, young and old. It's how we as Christians put one foot in front of the other. It's been our joy to see you run this race these past nine years. I've especially loved seeing aunts and uncles of our kids in this church not biological aunts and uncles, but all of you come alongside and point the kids of Red Cedar toward Jesus together, proclaiming his grace in their lives. So thank you. Thank you for testifying to the good news of Jesus' grace. May you keep doing that in the lives of kids, the lives of adults, wherever God has you. We came to you with a one-year-old daughter and a daughter on the way, and now Emma is 10, Ellie is eight, Ethan is six, and Emmett is four, and they intend to make a pretty big dent in the cake afterwards today. Um, you've loved us really well through Ethan's surgery, through the brainstem tumor that Lauren's brother had, and he's now doing well, but through many different situations. You've given us the space to grow in full-time ministry and to learn what that's all about. And so as we say goodbye, Let's grieve this. This is real loss. We love you. We will miss you. If I were a crier, I would be crying. Um, but would you do me a favor and keep going? Keep going in this race that you've been given. The same Lord is at work in us and in you. And we're going to explore a different path, but we have the same finish line. The same Lord gave us this assignment. So let's aim to proclaim his grace.